Well, Amanda here, co-host of Veterans Drinking Vodka. As we know, Marines tell the best stories. In this episode of Article 15, our guest does just that. So we have decided to split his story into two episodes. So enjoy today's episode and tune back in May 26th for the other half of his story. Thank you and enjoy. Cheers. Hello, welcome to a Veteran Shrinking Vodka production of Article 15. Here at Article 15, we are attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We speak to everyday veterans with everyday issues for vets acclimating back into civilian life. Today we have Tim Sears, United States Marine Corps, served from 07 to 2011. Tim deployed to Iraq back in 2009. He was uh, stationed over at El Assad. I had a couple of buddies that were stationed out that way, possibly ran into a Marine or two and dropped a few crayons. So, Tim, welcome aboard, buddy. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of of course, brother. Of course, man. So Marine Corps, of course, it's got to be the Marine Corps. (laughs) Because if you ain't Marine Corps, you're last. What what drove you to the Marines, man? Uh, you know, I, I was I was trying to go to college before I, I went in and, uh, you know, there was this pretty girl and she was in the pulley program and she was like, hey, join the Marine Corps. You'll make me a Lance Corporal. I was like, all right, you want to you want to have sex? <laughs> <laughs> and then I talked Such to the recruiter. Thing to say. <laughs> then I, I talked to the recruiter and then. Uh, that and then uh, that that's pretty much how it started. To be quite honest, I uh, flipped a coin, came up heads. Who I was like, "All right, I guess I'm doing it." <laughs> oh. oh, my God! I got I I got lost on my way to college, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we we joined the Marine Corps. Yeah, for, we, for Poon, we joined for, the Marine for Corps Poon. for Poon. <laughs> There's no more. Honorable, honorable reason to join the United States Marine Corps. <laughs> it's really girls. It, it's really the only reason anybody does anything. <laughs> so, what did you? Uh, what was your MOS? I was. I went in as a uh, a tank mechanic, twenty one forty six, and uh, twenty one forty six tank mechanic. Yep. I uh, I went from uh, boot camp to in Paris Island, and ah uh, it. <laughs> My entire Marine Corps career. Yeah, no, my, my entire Marine Corps career started with, okay, this is fucked. <laughs> so, so I get to Paris Island and we're doing that week of forming, right? And uh, the last day, the final field day of forming, the, the forming drill, instru- uh, drill instructor says, all right, scuzz the deck. So one of these recruits go into the whiskey locker and just dump every chemical in a bucket, right? just all the chemicals in the bucket and just throw it on the deck. And I'm down there scuzzing the deck and my, my, my lungs go. <laughs> and I'm like, uh Oh, so I go pound on the drill instructors hooch. And they're like, I'm like recruit Sears. And they're like, what the you want recruit? And they come out, they see I'm turning blue. So yeah, I get sent to EHP <laughs> and I'm stuck in EHP for like an extra month before I even start. Now that's that's like it. a medical hold, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the evaluation holding platoon. And yeah, uh, when I start asking you about these acronyms and um, stuff like that, it's it's so that the people who do listen that aren't military can understand what we're talking about. Right, right. Uh, uh, EHP is where where <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's what they say. It's where all the broke dicks go. <laughs> It's where the broke dicks go. Get and, them some uh, ibuprofen, get them back out there. Yeah. And uh that that was actually that was actually my uh first first encounter with uh with uh suicide in the military. Like now how uh, so? I, well, he, here's the thing. These these kids are in there and they want to get out. Like they want to get out but they can't, right? They can't just be like, "Hey, I'm done. Fuck this shit. I'm out." And because, you know, the drill instructor's like, no, we're doing this. You're here. You signed your contract. And, you know, they're they're mentally stuck there. 
a, a lot of times they try to commit suicide, like pretend to commit suicide to be processed out mentally on a mental issue and sure. it, the fake stuff that accidentally became real, you know? Wow. Like, uh, I, I think this uh, is just boot camp. This is basic. Yeah, this is, this is boot camp. This is like not even two months in and you got the blue light specials, what we call them. They, they they set their rack up in the middle of the, uh, bay. Right. And uh, you, you got their, the watch on with that blue filter over the, the flashlight. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, it just put a spotlight on these guys. I'm like, oh, that, that helps <laughs> instead of, you know, getting them out, getting them help. It's like, oh, you're, you're on watch in front of everybody. Look, this is what not to do. Everybody don't do this, this shit. This stupid fool does. Yeah. Yeah, man. But anyway, that, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Welcome to veterans drinking vodka. <laughs> veterans just drinking jumping, vodka, just man. jumping hey, right well, in when, there. Right. <laughs> when there's veterans drinking vodka, there's an article 15, not too far behind. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just jumping right into the no, well, this real is quick. real stuff man nobody really i i've had quite a few people on uh the podcast so far i think i'm up to like episode 18 but i've had people on this podcast and nobody has talked about like this with boot camp even and it it was over 19 years ago for me to be in boot camp mm-hmm. so um I, I don't really remember people getting that broken up although it was navy boot camp so <laughs> you know, half of whatever a Marine Corps boot camp is. Let's be honest with ourselves, sailors. Okay. But I mean, it was still bad. And then I I know there's this Facebook meme that came out and it was the funniest shit I've ever heard. The Air Force guy who got out because he missed his girlfriend so much. And then at the bottom said, this is the most Air Force shit I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, you have these guys that are coming in from very, very rural areas or even very uh, urban areas, oh, I yeah, guess, would be to put it, who are who are coming from sensitive backgrounds, I guess, mm. would be the way, you know, people who kind of tiptoed around really getting to a point or getting yelled at and parents didn't do it the same exact way as a drill instructor. So when these guys were getting yelled at and completely bombarded with all this controlled and that's the big thing is it's controlled chaos. Uh, controlled stress, but they can't see it that way. And that's exactly what boot camp is made to do is to weed out those who do not belong. The yeah. sad part is these guys take it to suicidal thoughts and it's, it's hard to yeah. get past that. Once you start getting that thought of suicide in your head, it, it's hard to see past it anymore. Oh yeah, man. It, it's, it's, it's rough, man. And that was just like first two months in, then I got out. I, I, I got out. I got out of boot camp. I did my boot camp and uh, went to North Carolina, Camp Lejeune for the combat training. That was actually, I found that fun. Like boot camp was a haze of like flashes of, of stuff in my memory. Like I can't even remember half a boot camp. I don't think like there's those instances, like those flashes that I get like, Oh yeah, I did that stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then uh, combat training was like a month in the field, you know, kind of a lot more laid back. I'll never forget. We were having a meeting. We were ha- in, in like this elephant nose, this Kwanzaa hut. We're having this class and they've got some downtime to kill. And they're like, anybody know a joke? I'm like, I, I raised my hand. I'm like, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I-, I stand up. I tell this joke. It's a very, very inappropriate joke. And I'm not going to. Not gonna, always appropriate for the military, though. Oh yeah, uh, but uh, definitely not for the uh, the internet these days. <laughs> but needless to say, it was a very uh, sexist and uh, not a very good vo- uh, joke. And I get done telling it, I sit down, and uh, this master gunnery sergeant comes over to me, and he sits down, and he's like, "You know, we're with a mixed crowd, right, son?" I'm like, excuse me, Master Gunner Sergeant. He's like, male and female. I'm like, my bad, Master Gunner Sergeant. I'm shitting myself. He slaps me on the shoulder, gets up. He's like, funny ass joke, though. I walks away. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm lost. <laughs> no, that, and that, and Ed, the longer you're in, the more it makes sense when, when a top comes to you. And gives you like that scold, 
that like, half scold that I need to tell you this, but I don't want to. You, you just <laughs> fucked up, bro. But I'm going to tell you that shit was fucking funny. Don't do it again. I'll kill right? you. I believe you. <laughs> I do. It, I, I've had to have those moments with buddies of mine because I still do active reserve work mm-hmm. now. And there's times where some of my guys, I'm always down for a good joke. But I know when you have that uniform on, there's a per- certain professionalism that comes along with it. And you have to mind your P's and Q's. You, know, oh, yeah. you have to know the company that you're in. If you're going to make a joke, if it's going to be a sexist joke, probably best not to say it in uniform then. Yeah, probably. If not. you're going to be telling, you know, one of those jokes where, yeah, man, I was in bed with this girl once. I was like, probably not to tell in mixed company. The CEO is right there. Yeah, that's probably not a good time to tell it either. You probably shouldn't be talking about how you were with his daughter last night. <laughs> Yeah, or how ugly she is. But <laughs> we we uh, had them sand goggles on. <laughs> when you come back from the desert, man, you know <laughs> anything is fair game. Man uh, is dying of thirst in the desert. <laughs> he takes you were. Um, you, this is true story. So you were finishing up your combat training, then we wound uh, up going out there. Or when did you go get your tech training? Uh, right after combat training, I went over to Fort Knox over in Kentucky, uh, back when they were still doing the tank stuff there. I did my, uh, tank school there. Then I did really good it, uh, as, as <laughs> I did. I, I was, I was, I did good. <laughs> I did good. <laughs> I'm the best ever. But anyway, no, I, I, I did really good for, uh, for a mechanic. <laughs> it just sounds horrible. Anyway, so I went. I went to the fleet. I got stationed in uh, Twenty Nine Palms, California. Dude, dude, like, let's just go from shit to shit to shit. Twenty Nine <laughs> Palms on top of it, like, I was like yeah. I, this is like this is like the Joker movie with with um, what's the name, Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin when Phoenix. it just like you're waiting for everything to turn around from it. It's just like yeah. shittier, shittier. It's like oh, it's like oh, this guy. It's just got to get better eventually, right? At some point, it's got to get better. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not real life, sir. <laughs> anyway, so, and here's the here's the kick in the dick, right? They they give you the option of of putting your your wherever the hell they had tank mechanics. You had an yeah. option to choose that station, and I like look at this. List. Yeah, I, I look at this uh, this list, and I see California. I'm like, oh, I've never been to the West Coast. That that seems like it could be fun. And I put 29 Palms, California on my first, my first wish list thing. Cause you get three and, and my, my staff sergeant at the time, he looked at me, looked at the paper. He looked at me. He's like, all right, got it. I'm like, really? Nobody's we have a hard charger here. Apparently this is a killer. We want him up, up front. Oh, oh, oh no. He's like, oh, this stupid asshole. He doesn't even know. He doesn't, he doesn't, even, know, he doesn't even know. I ain't telling him. Somebody's got to tell him. I ain't telling him. I can't wait for palms. This is going to be great. I can't like, wait to a, see palm trees. I don't. Th- when I went, there wasn't even twenty nine of them. <laughs> this is the birthplace of hepatitis. <laughs> Jesus, what happened? They, they had an open fucking septic system, like the, the <laughs> ship ponds, the ship ponds, and they were they were right in front of the gate. Like you had this long, like two mile, mile and a half stretch of of gate road after you came in the main gate and then you turned off onto main side i would want to see the look. right there and you come on base and it just hits your nose like oh we had chili last night <laughs> i would love to see the look on your face when you pulled up to this place and your spirit just died oh here's the shitty part <laughs> i come oh, it in. gets deeper great it, it, it gets deep it gets better so i i pull up i get off the plane in 20 in uh, palm springs and Palm Springs is kind of nice looking. It's a nice. I, I'm place. looking around. I'm like, oh, you know, this this is bad. This is kind of nice. You know, a little a little dry, but you know, this is like the Air Force of the Marine Corps. <laughs> it's gonna be great. And and here, my first my first indication that this might not be a good thing was we had to wait like six hours for somebody from base to come get us <laughs> in a van. <laughs> 
Weren't we supposed to do something? 29 Palms is only like 45 minutes to an hour away from Palm Springs. Yeah, but fuck you guys. We ain't giving you any good hope. We don't want you hoping for good things. Yeah, I know. I think they did this on purpose because they came and they picked us up and it was nighttime and we're driving onto base at night and the base is lit up and it looks like this really amazing thing. Like, uh, like there's so much activity going on, all these lights and, and things. And then I, I get on base. We, we check into the barracks. I'm in my pickle suit and, uh, we get our room and then I wake up and the, the dream is shattered. <laughs> I'm like, where'd everything look go? out there? Just where, like, where? Uh, Hey guys, I, I did the, did the base get abandoned? Is it the, moved? What happened here? Uh, the, the, the assets haven't loaded yet. Schwartz Davidson law is a Texas based veteran friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz-Davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us. It, it kind of <laughs> reminds you of being back out in Iraq, though, when you kind of go out on a patrol or something, you're coming back to the base. Oh, <laughs> on deployment, I only left the wire once. I went to uh, Rawa, Ubaidi, and Ganon on a convoy. And hmm. Yeah. Well, here, well, kind of jumping ahead a little bit on that. But anyway, we I'm at. 29 palms i'm a tank mechanic i'm part of a logistics battalion there i ain't gonna say which one if you know there's only like one there at the time so if you know you know but i got <laughs> i'm probably gonna talk shit later and i don't want anybody to <laughs> to, to come back and be like oh <laughs> anyway you know i i do my fleet stuff you know once you get to the fleet oh <laughs> the fucking fleet i i so we're doing our check-in stuff and and the first thing that I do, uh, this corporal comes up to me. I'm like, uh, good afternoon, corporal. You know, I'm fucking still boot as shit. And I'm like, good afternoon, corporal. And, and he cracks me in the face, punches me right in the face. I'm like, what the? F-? And then as, as I'm recovering and my composure's lost, he shoves this bottle of liquor in my face. He's like, welcome to the fleet. I'm like, the fuck? well, this place ain't that bad. I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, I what? This is not what I expected. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to be running in formation and <laughs> singing cadence and wearing our dog tags outside our shirts and stuff? That's <laughs> what I saw in the movies. Full metal jacket promised me a lot. Jarhead said this was going to be fun. No, jar had never promised that at all <laughs> it was so awesome where's where's my branding welcome to the sock apparently i feel so left out i want to be branded too <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by bosun's mate double ipa Feel the double IPA with 8.4% alcohol. It's going to be a good day, sailor. That wasn't really our sponsor. I just wanted to do that. <laughs> the, bo- the bosun mate IPA. It is bosun mate beer. I, I found this shit and I'm a bosun mate in the Navy. Guess right. what I'm going to drink? Even bosun if it's mate shit. beer. <laughs> so, all right. So we're doing a tech. We're at 29 Palms. Mm-hmm. We're living it up. We wind up oh. getting deployed out to Al-Assad. Yep. Al-Assad. Now, now, here's the thing with this. All right. Here's where, where shit kind of uh, starts going sideways for me. I get sent to do duty in the mailroom. Right. Uh, yeah. So I get I get sent up there to the head shed. 
and uh, Headshed, the, the headquarters battalion. Uh, uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm doing freaking mail. I'm a tank mechanic and I'm pushing paper now. And anybody you know, would go crazy doing that shit. Just, you ain't no co- the mail uh, just keeps coming. It's just everywhere. All these paper cuts. <laughs> anyway, no, it's it. I, I joke with it. I joke with it, but it is a, a serious thing. Like you, you mess up. It, it's a very stressful job because you get like five minutes of training. But if you mess up, it's a federal offense because mail's a federal thing. So if you mess up yeah. mail, then not only do you get screwed by the military, you also get screwed federally <laughs> if you mess up. up bad enough. So, so anyway, I, I'm doing this and, uh, our, our deployment cycle comes up and my officer at the time was like, uh, was getting deployed and they had one more spot open and I was like, I'll, I'll go. I'm, I'm young, dumb. I want my deployment. They're like, yeah, I guess we could, I guess we, it's like, they didn't even think about it. Uh, they didn't have a mail clerk on the roster to go over. It's like, I guess they were just going to pick somebody at random, which I mean, I'm sure they would have. <laughs> it seems like a very Marine Corps thing. Like, it, it, does, it does. It's like <laughs> we're going to throw a bunch of names up there. The one that sticks, he's going. <laughs> yeah. So, so I volunteered for this deployment. I, I go over as fucking a mail idiot. Clerk. Yeah. Like a fucking idiot. Don't I broke the one rule. Don't volunteer for shit. Don't volunteer. <laughs> I'll go to Iraq. I'll do this search. <laughs> so, so I go over there and. And we, to be, to be honest, man, it was, it was a really, uh, Al-Assad was a really, uh, for my battalion anyway. And for my personal experience, it was, it was the, a mix of absolute terror and boredom. That seems you know? like the Marine Corps. Yeah. <laughs> just in general, <laughs> like <laughs> just that's military. It's like, hurry up and wait. But when the shit hits, you better fucking go, go, go. Yeah. And get ready to just sit for a while and talk about stupid things. Yeah. And and make up uh, arbitrary rules to a game of throwing rocks at your cover and then then get into a fight about people. not. Did, did, I was just going to say there would be a fist fight because somebody <laughs> didn't follow a specific rule <laughs> that you just but made see, up. <laughs> This is how the E4 Mafia learns why there are stupid fucking rules. Because while throwing your rock at your cover, you come up with dumb rules because somebody does something that you don't like. So now all of a sudden there's a rule against doing that. Yep. See, we're not too different from the top, man. We're not too different. Yeah. So, oh, and I'm I'm a Lance Corporal at this point. Uh, I, I, I was Lance Corporal all the way through deployment. And uh, so I'm I'm up in this mail room, right? And it's I, it was very isolating. I was the only person in the mail room for like the first three months of deployment. And I'm everybody doing like comes to see you. Everybody loves me though. Everybody loves the mail guy though, but nobody really came to see me. Anyway, <laughs> well, they came to see me because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, how's your day going? We're just here for the mail. Yeah, man, of course the mail, buddy. So uh, how's things though? Uh, can we like, can hey we just guys. have the mail, please? Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to trying to trying to hold them there with conversation. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, all right, bye. No, hey, come back. Don't go. Sears, we just want the mail, please. <laughs> yeah, mail. Sears, shut the fuck up and give me the mail. <laughs> but I did, I did have this, uh, I did have this little racket going on. <laughs> As you know. As you know, uh, you're you're not supposed to have uh, uh, alcohol overseas. You're not. Uh, uh, well, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's perfectly allowed, and nobody ever did anything wrong. <laughs> I've never had alcohol in Iraq. Ever, ever, or ever. Other countries. So I knew this it's guy bad. once. <laughs> so I so I had this buddy. We'll call him Schmuckatelli. He was a mail clerk too. Looked a lot like me. <laughs> please continue about schmuckatelli so so this uh we had this this agreement where if, if if you came up to me and you told me you had this package coming that uh you know i'd i'd, I'd hold it for you because what the what procedure is this, shawshank 
<laughs> kind of, yeah. The 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 SOP, the standard operating procedure for it was uh, a platoon representative would come and get all the mail for the platoon. And then if you had a package, you were supposed to open it up in front of your platoon sergeant, you know, for contraband. Supposed to. And uh, so people that got worried, they'd come to me beforehand, be like, hey, I got this package coming and keep an eye out for it. I'm like, all right. But I get a little bit of whatever's in there. So I tell you that story to tell you this story real quick to get back to the story at hand. I go the up to ADD the ADD is running wild. Real wild. So <laughs> I go... <laughs> I go up to the flight line this one time, right? And I'm looking at the, uh, we, we got these big bins just full of packages. And then <clears> we got the mail sack full of loose letters. Loose letters. They sound like yeah. letters from ex-girlfriends. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah, the, the Dear John packages, the letters. Ooh. Yeah. I, you could always tell which one was a Dear John because they smelled good. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so... so so I go up there and I'm looking in the I'm, I'm a little ways off. I look in the bin. Right. And there's this big old square package. And all I can see is 20 inch on it from where I'm. I'm like, oh, somebody got like a, a flat screen TV sent to him, you know, because we had Amazon over there. Prime delivery. Wow. <laughs> no, Next I'm day. Next day. Four months later. Four months later. But uh, anyway, I, I see this big package. I see 20 inch on it. I'm like, oh, you know, somebody got a TV sent to it. I, I get a little bit closer and I, I can make out the word unicycle. I'm like, who the fuck? What kind of damn idiot got a unicycle sent out to him? That's probably the stupidest shit I've ever fucking seen. I get closer. It's got my fucking name on it. I'm like, fuck, yeah, <laughs> I got a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So my my. My uh, girlfriend at the time knew that I knew how to ride a unicycle, and she thought it'd be funny to send me out a unicycle on a deployment in a combat zone. So, so I drop everything I'm doing, and I go put this thing together, go down to maintenance bay, air up, air up the tire, and I'd like to go on the record and say that I am the first Marine in history to ever ride a unicycle in a combat zone. I don't know of any of other documented evidence that is shown otherwise. So yep, there, yep. there it I'm is. Claim it. I, I got that shit. Shit's Until mine. Until somebody from Vietnam gets a hold of you, they'll know. <laughs> you weren't there, man. You weren't there. You weren't there. You didn't understand the struggles. We only had one tire. We had to do a unicycle. So there we are in outside <laughs> Iraq in the middle of combat zone, of combat drinking. Zone. Drinking whatever type of liquor we can get our hands on, riding unicycles, and people are wondering why the hell does the United States military need billions of dollars? <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, I'm not. I'm not given a very good justification why Marines aren't crane eaters. <laughs> this is this is facts. But I mean, if you watch through TikTok long enough or YouTube oh. videos of what Marines do, especially when they have downtime. Yeah, they if you ask a Marine straight up a question, they give you that thousand mile stare that they talk that thousand yard stare where it's just yeah. like. Don't say anything because you're going to get in trouble. Don't, don't, don't say don't. nothing. Just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Now, if you let them sit by themselves long enough, they're going to figure out some way to break something, do something, use their <laughs> military equipment in an improper way. And somebody's <laughs> going to get hurt, but somebody's going to get written up for a purple heart because they got hurt in a combat zone. And somebody was smart enough. Somebody sergeant was smart enough to write it up in a proper manner. We had this am one. I am I close? We had, this, we had this one. We had this one, jackass. <laughs> we had this one. Just jackass. one. Just one. He 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 wanted to see if it was Mo Gas or JP eight, so he lit it on fire and it burned his hands to a crisp. I had to I had to write up the CAS I had to write up the CAS report for that. I'm like, uh, what wait, what happened? Wait, what what the hell happened? <laughs> He's like, I'm like, I'm not putting that. I'm I'm not. I'm not saying that. <laughs> as long as you know how to write it up, anything can get you an award. Yeah. No, that got him a mental stay because he wanted to claim that demons made him do it <laughs> instead well, I of taking the NJP. So. Those, those Iraqi demons are way worse than statey demons. Yeah. <laughs> Try to have a conversation with those things on a Thursday night. But Let me tell you something understand. about Thursday in Iraq. 
<laughs> stay away from the uh, stay away from their tents, the Iraqi tents on Thursday nights. Fucking Wadi dogs, man. <laughs> Goddamn ADD, sorry. Wadi dogs. Uh, so nobody warned us about Wadi dogs. There's a reason so, for that. Yeah, no. Uh, we're we're uh, so we're walking back. I'm walking with like a group of my buddies, and we're walking back from the chow hall, and it's dark, and we got our glow straps on because you know we have to be visible in a combat zone. Never, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want the bus to hit us. But and and then all of a sudden we hear like this this childlike screaming, and we're like, what the hell is that? And it comes out to find out it's like those fucking feral dogs. They sound like fucking kids screaming. I'm like, what the hell? You just got to Even- feed them a little bit of MRE. They're good. Amber and Amanda here. We want to tell you about our good friends over at Scale Executive Search. Scale Executive Search is a veteran-owned and operated executive search firm serving aerospace, tech, and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. And and did you see the crows out there? They look like the fucking uh, they're fucking huge. They look like the fucking things off of uh, Resident Evil with the red yeah. eyes and the snaggly beak. I'm like, yeah, and they're ginormous. They're ginormous. fucking massive. You know, in uh, in Twenty Nine Palms, we had the uh, the soul chickens. Uh, the that? a soul chicken is uh, the the big old crows because they're okay. big. At, they're they're big as fucking uh, Twenty Nine Palms too, but at least they look cute. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, they're ratty. Everything when we were in Iraq, everything was fucking ratty. I thought I saw goats outside the wire. And I was like, holy shit, look at those goats. They need to eat something. They're like, those are cows. I was like, what? <laughs> those are their cows. I was like, those don't look anything like cows. You look at Anemic. our beef freaking products. And I guess it's like, oh, I guess hormones or whatever to that yeah. beef. But yeah, those th- things did not look healthy whatsoever. Right. And the birds at uh, so I was over in Balad and we had the bird eradication program. So we had guys walking around the base with BB guns shooting these birds. It was <clears> awesome. Hear about the laughing restriction in Hawaii. I did not hear. So we're also streaming live on TikTok. Um, oh yeah. Somebody asked about that. if we hang on, let me see if I can see the name. The laughing restriction in Hawaii. I was never in I'm Hawaii. not Taylor Swift asked if we heard about the laughing restriction in Hawaii. And no, I have not I've, heard. And and this might be a newer thing, but no, I did not hear about it. And gave her a follow. Because she's not Taylor Swift. Otherwise, if you were Taylor Swift, I probably wouldn't follow you. You need to keep Aloha. <laughs> she hit me with the dad joke. You oh, need to keep Aloha. <laughs> Damn it. She got me. <laughs> Thank you shit. for that one. You gotta keep it Aloha. <laughs> if you heard about the laughing restriction <laughs> in Hawaii, you have to keep Aloha. Oh, Thank you. Thank that, you very that much. Good. That good. was fucking hysterical. Oh, I'll cheers to that one. Yeah, I'm also cooking beef jerky right now. Oh, yeah? Yes, I'm like king of the midlife crisis bad habits. I'm starting a podcast, cooking jerky, <laughs> and starting a, a tasting microbrew alcohol. Oh, so, it, it's... It, the if I could grow weird. hair, I'd get a man bun. <laughs> no, don't, don't right. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> so we're finishing up our tour finishing up our time in the marine corps is there any other like big hits that happened oh. in the marine corps or anything oh yeah uh I, i've got like two or three more big hits and then we we can we can talk about because uh the, it, it's kind of critical to understand what happened at this point to understand where i'm where i am mentally right now okay uh so we got the unicycle we got we got the booze and uh so I come, I come home, come home. <laughs> I go, I go to my can and, uh, I pass by the staff NCO and officer area. And, and I, I just got done collecting on my dues. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm a little, uh, uh tipsy <laughs> and, uh, 
I pass. I walk right past the staff and NCO, uh, uh, staff NCO and officer can area. And yeah. sure, sure enough, they were out sitting on the stoops, probably drinking too. <laughs> and uh, they're like, "Hey, Sears." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yes, sir." They're like, you got a unicycle? I'm like, "Shit, yes, sir." They're like, "Yeah, go get it. I want to see you ride it." I'm like, "Shit, uh, I, sir." <laughs> So, so I go grab my unicycle and I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good right now. And, uh, I get up on this thing and I try riding it and I fucking eat shit like three different times. It's dark. It's a rocky area. And these are all the things I'm telling them <laughs> because I don't want them to realize that I'm just fucking drunk. <laughs> so they're like, I thought you could ride that shit. I'm like, no, oh, I thought so too. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> so so I, I i i sneak back out and uh i go back to my can and i i i crash out and then uh that that's kind of the that's the end of the uh, whole uh unicycle journey <laughs> and uh so so on uh on my one and un- only convoy uh we're gonna start getting into the uh the meat and meat and gritty of it uh on my one and only convoy I, we did a supplemental mail run at least that was the excuse given to go out on a out, outside the wire uh, i had a really gung-ho officer he, he wanted to he wanted to be special forces he, in fact i think he after deployment he uh gave up his commission for the marine corps to go join the army i think because the army said that they'd let him do the shit that he wanted to do. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, he was, he was a tank of a man. Like we'd go on, we'd go on, uh, boots and utes runs, uh, out there and, uh, flat Kevlar boot Ute run, <laughs> like five miles. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, Marine. He, he had, he had this deep voice. <laughs> And he, he walked, he walked, he, he had, he walked like a, like the Terminator. Like <laughs> he was a really good guy though. He, a real good guy. And, uh, uh, he actually, he actually got us motivated to do the, uh, uh, Megan. I, I can't, I feel like a piece of shit. I can't remember her name, but it was the, uh, I think it was the first, uh, female Marine or first female in general to, uh, die in combat. And it was a memorial half marathon they held every year on El Assad. They, okay, they'd run around the uh, the flight line perimeter, the the perimeter road, and uh, he got us all motivated up to train for that. And I, I, now I can say I'd done a marathon. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, he was he was a real good guy. We went on. We got uh, we got permission to go on a, a supplemental mail run. And we went to Rawa, Ubaidi, and Ganon, and then and then back through back to El Assad. And man, we—I don't know what it was, but we we were going through. I don't even know what the hell the town was, to be honest. Uh, but it was right before we got back to base, and there was the river on one side, and we were going through. And the kids are were, you talking about the Euphrates? Yeah, yeah uh we were we were going we were going through town and we were kind of crawling through because it was crowded and uh you know the kids are just running around the vehicles and you know yeah marines being jackasses throwing piss bottles at them instead of real water and uh and anyway that 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 shit always bugged me yeah that that shit always bugged me like we'd we'd get on We'd get on the uh, the buses on base because you had the 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 transpo on base, and uh, they were run by third country nationals, TCNs. Yep, and uh, and you know every every time it seemed like uh, a marine or army or or whoever anybody we were all guilty of it. Uh, They they just start giving this guy shit. For no reason, no reason. Just I'm to like, get a rise, just to get a rise. Yeah, just to get a rise out of this guy. 
you know, he's, he's sitting here, he's trying to do the best he can in the situation he's in. He's trying to make money for family or whatever, or whatever the hell his reasons are. He's just trying to live his life. You know, and, and I've always had that mentality. It probably wasn't the best mentality for a Marine, but it was a good mentality for a fucking human. We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. But anyway, they'd, they'd always try to get rises out of them. And I, I committed myself to just sit on the bus a couple times and just ride with these guys and just talk with them. You know, mm -hmm. I, I talked religion with them. You know, I, I'd go, we'd go back and forth about, uh, uh, Islam and Christianity and, and we'd have a conversation about it. You know, it wasn't an argument. It wasn't, I'm right. You're wrong. Or you're right. I'm wrong. It's just, we, we, I would sit there and talk, try to get it, get to know these people. Yeah. And, uh, but that, that shit always pissed me off anyway, back to, uh, back to coming through town and I don't know what it was, but I, I looked out, I looked out the, uh, the, the little window, right. We, I, we were in a up armored seven ton. We weren't, even, we weren't even in a, uh, 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 MRAP. We had this, uh, canvas top seven ton. We were, we were in the back of, and it had the, the, the armor side and, uh, I'm looking out and, uh, I, I see this little girl on the side of the road and she just, the most pathetic looking, like, like uh, it, it fucking tore me up. Like, uh, but it, it just, I don't know why, but it, it, it hit me. It hit me hard, man. And, uh, what was it? It, it just this little girl. Just this little girl in like a, a dress in my mind. I don't, I don't even know if this is how it really was, but in my mind now, it, it's just this little girl in like a fucking dress. And, uh, it, it was, and she had a doll in her arm and, and just the look of, of somebody that's seen horrible things at just too young of an age. Like you, you should not look like that as a little girl. You, you should be smiling and having fun and running around and playing. And, uh, and what made me feel like a real piece of shit is like, if you like, if that's a, like all this shit is running through my head simultaneously. And while that's running through my head, it also running through my head, like, oh, that could be a detonator that she has in her hand, you know? And, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to kill this little girl. And, you know, uh, because we're, we're just creeping through this town and, you know, it's like all that shit just ran through my head all at once. And it just, it hit me like a sack of bricks, man. I, and, you know, I, I almost think like th this may sound horrible, but I almost think that if, if I had had at least, uh, if I had gotten hit by an IED or a mortar or something, you know, it, it would uh, justify the feelings that I'm having. Justifications and the feelings, you know. So one of the things with my, you know, some of the incidents that I've been in, your eyes will see something and it will trigger your mind to believe another. Okay. Uh, case in point, uh, I was in a shootout in which my person was hit by a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Okay. My, my entire body was hit by a vehicle and I, my body disappeared in somebody's peripheral vision behind this vehicle. Okay. That person, he saw me as dead because I was hit by a vehicle and ran over. Mm -hmm. That's what his eyes saw. So it went straight to his brain and said, I'm dead. So that's something that he had to cope with quickly because we were, we were both discharging our firearms mm -hmm. and to this day, he is still battling to know that I am alive and it, it's his brain trying to tell itself like, no, he's good. But at the same time, he saw me, he watched me die. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, 
you can't believe what you see. And, you know, you got sent something to your brain that you have to learn how to untangle and live with and deal with it. I mean, I hate saying you got to deal with it. It's not the way I'm saying, but you have to understand this mental health shit. We, we saw stuff that was in the middle East, you know, regardless. So I, I wound up reading a book. Um, it's called, so you're a veteran, get over it. And it's written by gun, uh, gunnery sergeant, uh, Van Buren or Van Brooklyn. Sorry, gunny, please don't call me. I listened to that one. I listened to that podcast. So gunny, gunny is a little intense. He comes off pretty hard. Um, but that's just him. He's motivated at life. He will not allow PTSD to hold him back. He was at battle of fucking Fallujah, one of the bloodiest wars of all time in the United States history. So he, he won't let shit hold him back. He, he is just so determined and passionate about getting around this shit. Um, that he fucking ADD. I forgot where I was going with this. (laughs) By the way, I am now drinking something called Spotted Puffer. It tastes like <laughs> not good. It tastes like burning. Uh, 9.5% though, so I'll continue to drink it. So uh, Spotted Puffer. This part of the program <clears throat> is brought to you by Spotted Puffer. If you ever wanted your throat to burn. Oh, it's not burning. It's just weird after drinking a double IPA. But this is weird. A double IPA is 8.9%. 8.4%, and this is a regular IPA, and it outdoes it. Beer confuses me, so I should just stick to Bud Light or Budweiser. I've I don't got know how that, that works. I've got those hobbies. I, I make mead <clears throat> sometimes. So I've tried mead. Uh, if you enjoy the sweet uh, wine, then yeah, that's mead. But yeah. I'm for the I most like- part... I, I like my uh, my drinks froofy. <laughs> I, like, I like the the sweet drinks. You also wear skinny jeans, probably, and a man <laughs> bun with the with and and those Drew Carey glasses, and talk about uh, how hard you glasses. have it in life when your parents own like seven houses, one in like the Hamptons and shit, and you you're just, you're a struggling artist. I am a struggling in, artist. <laughs> you live in Pilsen, you know? Chicago. You don't know the struggles I've seen. <laughs> so um, one of the things that Gunny talked about, though, and now I remember where I was going with this. He he talked about how how there's guys that say that they've done, you know, seven to ten deployments. Mm-hmm. And people think that that's a hero because you've done so many deployments. And then you'll have somebody, a Marine or something like that, say, We'll say an 0300 or an 11 Bravo from the Army, somebody who did their one deployment, did their four, and got out. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, well, you know, you only did your four years. You only did one deployment. You don't know what that dude saw. Yeah. You don't know what that person went through. You don't know what they – You. one of the things is he he, he tries to – not devalue um, – let people know there are different cases of veterans. Each one individually is their own right. You know, you don't have to call people a hero every single time. My veterans, to me, my veterans are my heroes. If you don't agree with what Gunny has to say, he tells you you don't have to agree with it. This is his own personal shit. I read his book. Yeah. Gunny, I read your book. And I made sure I bought it on the Kindle because it was only 99 cents because I wasn't spending all that money on a hardback. Boom. Please don't come looking for me. <laughs> Anyways, so he he puts it into perspective that, you know, guys such as yourself, Marines, Army, possibly Air Force. I don't know what they do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's nice to be on their base. But Navy, you do your four, you get out. God knows what these people saw. You know, you you see and it's it's it's. People, civilians don't recognize it. I recognize it as a military personnel, but you watch Marine movies, you watch Marine documentaries, you watch Marine anything. You don't see shit higher than like a sergeant. All right. You see you know, your corporals, you see a lot of uh, uh, private, private first classes running around. Mm-hmm. You see them running all over the place. 
and they go through hell and back. And you watch like um, Band of Brothers, and I know that's not you guys, hey, but I love you, that. <laughs> you see these guys as specialists. You see these guys at, at um, Saving Private Ryan. You see these guys as like privates. These are rangers, yeah. right? Rangers lead the way, whatever they say. Yeah. But <laughs> so, but you see these guys as privates, you see these guys as corporals, maybe some sergeants out there, but then you start seeing like fucking tops. You see like first sergeants and shit like that out there that are running the crew. But these guys are young men. Now, Saving Private Ryan doesn't, the, the cast that they had doesn't do them justice. When you see privates, private first classes, specialists, shit like that, you have to imagine 18 to maybe 21 year old guys and women nowadays. Okay. You, you don't picture fucking Vin Diesel as, as a fucking private. Okay. You don't, you don't see guys like, uh, I'm trying to think of his damn name. Like, uh, he did a couple of other things with Tom Hanks, but these guys that, these guys that are, uh, What's going on, man? Hey, uh, we just got we just got picked up. I'm I'm in the middle of a uh, a podcast, brother. So we're with the uh, Eleven Bravo. What the fuck over? Uh, and now I'm getting feedback from you, dude. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> oh, I see him. Oh, you can see him. Oh, you're in my live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in your live. Down. But uh, yeah, so you you don't see guys like that. You don't see grown ass men being fucking, uh, you know privates and shit like that it, it's young men that are 18 years old that are going into you know kicking doors in and going into god knows what the fuck they're gonna expect especially battle of fallujah and shit like that so yeah if they do their four and they get the fuck out don't know what their body count is don't give a fuck want nothing to do with the military type of style life and all they want to do is go find their own piece of earth like my man, 11 Bravo, what the fuck over here? He just wants his own little piece of heaven, man. He don't want the noise. He don't want all that shit. All we're yeah. looking for is some quiet time and be away from all that garbage. Yeah. 